Okay, well, we're not going to be in the book of Proverbs tonight. Uh, we're going to start off in the book of James anyway. So if you would open up the Bible to the book of James, chapter number 4. James, chapter number 4. And uh, Brother Danny, I'm going to ask if you would open up our service in a word of prayer, specifically over the preaching of God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for yet another opportunity to be in our house. And Lord, we just thank you for this church. We thank you for our pastor. Lord, we just thank you for all your many blessings. I pray that you just come down and be amongst us tonight. Yes, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just... Stir our hearts, Lord. I pray that uh, you would just uh, bring revival to yes, this my Lord. I pray for our pastor now that you would just touch and anoint him, Lord. Yes, I pray you lift him up and, and just uh, help him through this moment and yes. uh, give him every word that you want us to hear. Yes, you know, and we'll praise our holy name. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. James chapter number 4. And I start by reading verse 2 and 3. It says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight in war, and ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Now, we read this text here in James. James says, Ye have not because ye ask not. Oftentimes, the reason we don't get answers to prayer is because what? We don't pray, okay? Uh, but tonight, that's not what the focus is going to be. The focus tonight is going to be on our praying amidst. The Bible teaches that there are some things that will hinder your prayers from being answered by God. And so I want us to take just a moment to look at this tonight. You know, we've been praying for revival, right? Well, I wonder if maybe there's some things in our lives that are hindering that prayer request being answered by God because there's some things that are not the way they ought to be in our life. And so I want us to really dig into this tonight. I want us to think about this. I don't want you just to listen and let it go in one ear and out the other. But I hope that you'll take it to heart and ask yourself, are any of these things amiss in my life? Because listen, if, if I know it's amiss and I don't do anything about it, I can't expect God to be answering those prayer requests, those, those cries, okay? So the Bible teaches us uh, there are some things that will hinder your prayers from being heard and answered by God. James says in verse 3, Ye ask and receive not, why? Because ye ask how? Amiss, meaning wrongly. So today, let's consider some reasons why our prayers might possibly be hindered. Again, this could be part of the reason why we're not seeing the revival we want. Because there's something hindering God from answering those prayer requests. This could be the reason why maybe we're not seeing a loved one get saved or some other dear prayer request on our hearts not getting answered. Could be because maybe there's something in our life that is actually hindering God from answering those requests. And so I hope that we'll really take this to heart and think about this tonight. First of all, uh, I want us to see that if there's something wrong in our hearts, it's going to hinder our prayers. Now, so most of these things are simple. Most of these things, or many of these things, are things that you may have already heard before, but they're things we need to know about and need to be reminded of. 
Okay, so what I'm saying is, if your heart's not right with God, Christian, guess what? It's going to hinder your prayers. You can be sure of that. David wrote in Psalm 66 and verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That word regard has to do with knowing that it is there, but being unwilling to confess it and forsake it, meaning you regard it, you're holding it dear almost, you're not willing to let go of it. And the Bible is clear that when we hold on to iniquity, when we hold on to some sort of sin in our hearts, in our lives, and, and God's convicted us of it, and we know that it's there, and we just won't deal with it, he says, I will not hear you. Why? Because you've regarded iniquity in your heart. You've got some sin in your heart that you know about, but you're not willing to deal with. You see, this is just one reason why it is so important for us to keep our hearts right with God. When we know we have sin in our lives, we should confess it to God and then forsake it that our prayers might not be hindered, Christian. I wonder how many times we've had an urgent prayer request that never got answered, maybe because there was sin in our hearts and we failed to confess it and forsake it. We regarded it instead. We kept it. We held on to it, even though we know that God had wished us to do otherwise. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord, what faithful God he is. And so Christians, please keep your hearts with all diligence, right? Keep it. With all diligence, confess and forsake that sin as soon as you know that you've trespassed against God. Don't wait till tomorrow morning. Maybe tomorrow morning is your normal prayer time. I don't know. Don't wait till tomorrow morning. As soon as the Holy Spirit of God smites your heart and says, Brother or sister, that's wrong. You better deal with it. Immediately confess that thing to God and get that right. Because if it's not, you're building a wall between you and God. Because you regarded some sin, some iniquity in your heart, and you re that regarding of that sin um, will hinder him from answering your prayers. Okay? So remember, it says that, that, that your prayers might not be hindered, okay? Uh, we can do also as David did. You read in Psalms chapter 139, and I like this. This is a good principle as well. 139 and verse 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Well, I'll tell you what. I think it would be good for us to pray like that on a regular basis. Because, you know, the truth is that our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible says, who can know it? And many times I think that we, we have sin somehow creep into our lives and we don't even realize it. We just don't even comprehend it. And I'll tell you what, when you get on your face before God and you like David say, Oh God, search me. Oh God, know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to lead you in the way everlasting. <laughs> He's going to point out that which is wrong in your life and that you might be able to confess it and deal with it. 
And uh, if you if you choose to confess it and deal with it, uh, that will open the door for that uh, for God to, to work in your life. If you regard it, then you're back where you start, and you got that problem there, right? So listen, okay. Make sure your hearts are clear. You oftentimes hear a preacher say that, right? All hearts clear. All hearts clear. They'll say at the end of a service. Okay, we need to live that way, not just on Sundays. We need to live that way if we don't want our prayers to be hindered, Christians. We want God to send revival, right? Hey, well, if you hold iniquity or sin in your heart and you regard it in your heart, I don't think we're going to aim for revival because he's not going to hear that request. We need to be tender to the things of God, to the voice of God. Notice also, secondly, I see here, I get about six or seven things. Your prayers will be hindered if something is wrong between you and another brother. Now, some might say, well, I don't have a problem with them, but they have a problem with me. That's their problem. That's not what the Bible says, right? What does the Bible say about it? Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that what? Thy brother hath ought against thee. You're not having ought against them. They've got ought against thee. And you remember there at the altar that he's got ought against you. He says, leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. And then come and offer thy gift. You know, that requires a little bit of humility sometimes, doesn't it? But this is God's plan. God says, if this isn't done, your gift's not acceptable to me. You look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 to 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive men, not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's powerful, is it not? You see, listen, when someone else has a problem with you, it's not just their problem, it's now your problem as well. And you need to make sure that you get right with them. The Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And then it says after this, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. We quote the lost part of that verse frequently, but not the first part. Confess your faults. Anybody here like to do that? What does that require? What? Humility. You are very right, Miss Linda. There's no way you're going to confess anything to anybody else to say, I was wrong. Forgive me for how I failed you or whatever it was that I did that was not right. There's no way you cannot, you can do that without humbling yourself. And yet, you know what? What exactly did Jesus do for you? Did Jesus do anything wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. And yet, he took his fault, our fault upon himself, that we might be able to be made right with him. Listen, believers, it may take a little humility, but you know what? That's Christ-like. And that's what God wants us to be like. Amen. Okay? To confess your faults, to humble yourself, and listen, anything else is just plain, simple pride. 
And we know that God can't bless that, can he? Because that's what Satan, that was a sin of Satan, pride. God doesn't bless pride. So listen, your listen, your prayers will be hindered when there's something between you and one of, and, and another brother. You know something's going on. Don't you just say, "Well, that's their problem." No, it's your problem too. God says, "Deal with it." Otherwise, I'm not hearing you. Is that what you want, Christian? I don't want that. Can God send revival if there's problem between brethren? I don't believe so. But when hearts get right and hearts are clear, God can work. And God wants it to be that way in Victory Baptist Church. Notice each of these passages that we looked at in Scripture. You can't claim the promise at the end of the verse if you are not willing to make sure that you're right with the brethren, first of all. So first of all, don't allow yourself to be offended. God doesn't want us to be offendable people. The Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That's the way we need to be. That's the way Jesus was. But if something does happen, the Bible says, for it's impossible, the offenses must come. Jesus said that. Well, if an offense comes, you go to the person that is hurt or offended, you talk with them, and you take care of it, and it might involve yourself being a little humble. And God says that your prayers may not be hindered. Confess that fault. However they were let down, however they were hurt, you go humble yourself and get right with them so you can restore your brother again, your sister again. Amen. Are they not worth it? Sure they are. And you know, if you won't go and settle it, let me tell you, friend, it will cause problems for you. It will cause problems for your family. It will cause problems for the church. Because where there's hurt and offenses that are not dealt with, what happens? Bitterness. What does the Bible say about bitterness? It says, beware of bitterness, because the root, by the root of bitterness, thereby many shall be defiled. You got a problem with a brother or a sister, you better take care of it because God says your prayers will be hindered. And ultimately, it will cause problems between you and God, is what it does. And so, if you want a right relationship with God, Christian, you might have a right, you must have a right relationship with the brethren. If you want your prayers to be answered, not hindered and powerless. So, we've seen two things tonight. Hearts need to be clear, right? Our relationship with the brethren needs to be right. Thirdly, if something is wrong with our relationship with Christ, our prayers are going to be hindered. John 15 and verse, 17, uh, verse 7, Jesus says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now notice, if... If we ask what we will, if we're going to ask what we will and have it done unto us, then that requires the first part of that verse to be true. It requires for us to be abiding in Christ and him to be abiding in us. Okay? You don't get it without the abiding. That's the way you get the end of the verse, okay? You can't have... 
have half of it without the other half. So what is this getting at? If we, if we expect God to answer our request, we must be living in sweet union with our Savior, in tune with God, yielded to Him and what He wants in our life. Because it is only through Jesus that we are able to have access to God the Father. So if we are living for self and seeking to accomplish things in our own power, and if we are living in sin against the word of God, we are not abiding in Christ, obviously. And we cannot expect to see God, uh, see God here and answer our, power, our prayers and work powerfully in our life and in our church. So let us with all our heart forsake sin and live for God's word. And lean not under our own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him that we might truly abide in him and be yielded to him and what he wants in our life. That we may have our prayers answered and not hindered, Christian. You see, the ball is in our court. We have a choice to make. Are we going to allow it to be this way or not? These things hinder your prayers. Are you going to let your prayers be hindered or not? The choice is yours. <laughs> If something's wrong with your heart, if something's wrong with the brethren, if something's wrong with your relationship with Christ, your prayers are hindered. You better take care of it. Number four, if something is wrong between you and your spouse, it will hinder your prayers. Now, the Bible says if you get married, problems will come. It says 1 Corinthians 7, 28, that you... Uh, such shall have trouble in the flesh. That's what the Bible says. But how you handle those troubles will affect how God hears and answers your prayers. 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not what? Hindered. In the book, is it not? Listen, Christian, our relationship with our spouses is so very important that the Lord literally warns us that we ought to be so very careful to keep a, a right relationship with our husband or our wife that our prayers would not be hindered. This is so important. Don't forget that when you won't solve problems, when you, when you decide, I'm going to just leave this thing alone, I'm not going to fix it, I don't care, I'm just not going to do anything with it. Be careful, your prayers are being hindered. Is that really what you want? That's a dangerous place to be, is it not? Jessica and I have always tried to abide by and live by the principle of Ephesians 4.26. The end of verse 4.26, uh, Ephesians 4.26 says, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And then verse 27 goes right along with it. It says, Neither give place to the devil. I think I, I could dare say, when you let the sun go down upon, the, 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 upon your wrath, what are you doing? <laughs> Guess what? You're giving place to the devil, okay? So married couple, okay? You would do well to abide by this principle, amen? If you have a problem, 
take care of it today. Amen. And you know what? It would be wise to take care of it as soon as possible. The longer it's put off, okay, it's not going to grow sweeter <laughs> by, by setting it aside for later. I can promise you that. Better deal with it now or it'll become a bigger problem later. Bible says before the sun goes down upon your wrath. Because all you're doing otherwise is giving place to the devil. And you certainly don't want to give place to the devil in your marriage. And the Bible tells us as long as you are in such a state that your prayers are hindered, married couples. Sometimes I think in our minds, I think we men are even more prone to this than ladies to think, well, if we just let it go, it's going to be fine. Let it go. No big deal. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's blown over. No big deal. I'll just ignore it now. That's not dwelling with your wife according to knowledge, men. Okay? That's, that's, that's not knowledge. That's stupid. <laughs> okay? It's still there. It's still a problem. You better get it right. You better deal with it. Okay? Because if it's not dealt with, it's going to come back up and it's going to come with a vengeance and you're going to wish that you had dealt with it, but because you didn't, you gave place to the devil. Right? And now you're going to have to deal with it. I'll tell you, dealing with the devil in your marriage is not a fun thing. But God gives us this extra push in this verse, this incentive to get things right. He says, that your prayers be not hindered. That's powerful, isn't it? I think that ought to be that. That is a great enough motive for you to fix anything in your life. I do not want a wall between me and God. I don't want anything in my life that would hinder my communication with an almighty God. I don't want anything in my life that would stop God from sending revival because I have allowed something in my life that would hinder God from working. Because my relationship with my wife is not right or my relationship with Christ is not right or my relationship with the brethren is not right listen folks we, we need to be so very careful about this or if my heart is not right because I don't want to miss out on what God has for us or what God wants for us because we've hindered his hand from answering it and that very well could be what's happening. That right now, God's hand is just over Victory Baptist Church saying, man, I just want to bless them. I just want to work there. I just, Boy, I just really want to see something great happening there, but I can't because God's people are hindering me. And he's made it clear in the word of God. And the choice is yours. These are just four things so far, ways we can hinder him from hearing and answering our prayers. Number five, if something is wrong with our life, it will hinder our prayers. First John chapter number three and verse number 22, it says, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Once again, we see here a conditional promise. It says that we receive of him whatever we ask. Why? Because we keep his commandments 
and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You see, prayer has some conditions to us receiving answers according to the word of God. It's not just name it, claim it, like some of those foolish preachers out there today. And if we're not living according to the word of God, and if we're living in a way that is not pleasing to God, our prayers are going to be hindered instead of being answered. Be sure of that. We had a couple that attended the church in Ukraine, and boy, they were just, they really lived very wickedly. And yet they would tell me, oh, preacher, I've just got so great faith. I've got so great faith that God is going to hear and answer my prayers. I said, listen, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible tells me that faith is not the only condition. If we're not living right, our prayers are going to be hindered. You can have great faith. And yet, if your life isn't right, your prayers are going to be hindered, Christian. You better be living right if you expect God to be working in your life and answering your prayers. Notice now number six. And of course, faith is necessary. That's our next point. If something's wrong with our faith, our prayers also are going to be hindered. Matthew 13 and verse 58 it says, and he did not many mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Then you look over at James chapter 1, where we started, verse 6 through 8. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Tells us to ask in faith. That's what it says in verse 6. Then you look over at Matthew chapter 17, if you would as well. And verse 19 through 21, I'd like to read. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Notice the, the plea of the disciples. Why could we not? Why? Why could we not? Jesus, because of your unbelief. If you're a born-again Christian, faith is a necessity. Because by faith, we in Christ, we can do all things. And we are to walk by faith and live by faith and pray by faith. And when we doubt and disbelieve in our prayer life, our prayers are going to be hindered, Christian. Because God blesses faith. <laughs> the prayer that is pray prayed in disbelief and doubt is just a vain thing. It's like the vain repetition of the heathens. And if you cannot pray believing that by faith God will hear and answer your prayers, then there is no reason really for you to be praying at all. 
Because God blesses faith, not disbelief and doubt. Remember, we're not talking to a man-made God, but to the creator of the universe, amen? To our loving Savior, to our all-caring Heavenly Father. And he blesses our faith. And in fact, he tells us without faith, it is impossible for us as believers to please him. Is your faith right? If it's not, it's going to hinder your prayer life. Also notice seventh and lastly, God will not answer our prayers if there's something wrong with our salvation. The Bible says in John chapter 9 and verse number 31, Now we know that God heareth not, what? Sinners. God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. That's John 9, 31. Then you look also at Proverbs 15, 29. It says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. And in Psalms 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. You see, the Bible is clear that those who have come to God, God's way, through repentance and faith, trusting him as their savior, to them, God makes it clear, he hears their cries. But to those that have no relationship with him, who will not repent of their sins and turn to Christ and trust him for salvation, then he will not hear. In fact, the Bible calls, calls those who have no relationship with him, he calls them literally the enemies of God. And they have no access to God at all, absolutely none, until they turn to Christ to trust him as Savior. I've met so many people and I was absolutely assured that they were lost. Oh, I pray to God and I pray to God and I pray to God for this and I pray to God for that. And I'm thinking to myself, God's not hearing a single thing you're saying because you're still living in your wicked sin, going your own wicked way without any care for what God wants in your life. And why do you think that God's going to listen to you? Can't, if your salvation isn't right, your prayers are hindered because you have no communication with God. The only prayer that God's going to hear from the lost man is that a prayer of repentance and faith as he turns to the Lord to trust him as his Lord and Savior. And then from that point, he has an access through Jesus Christ <laughs> to talk with the Heavenly Father. So think about what we've talked about tonight, folks. There's a number of reasons that your prayers might be unanswered. Now, certainly, sometimes God just makes us wait. Sometimes God just wants us to be patient about things. But sometimes I think we use that as an excuse. And the real reason is because we've done something that is hindering the hand of God. And we just don't care to deal with it. And the reality is, is as we look at these seven things, we've got to examine these seven areas in our life. And honestly, openly with ourselves, ask ourselves, are these things right in my life? Because if they're not, there's a good possibility that I am actually hindering the very hand of God in my life, in my family, in the lives of my lost loved ones, in my church. I'm hindering because I won't allow these things to be right.
Listen, folks, the religious world today tells us to pray, and they say if your faith is strong enough, you will have all that you want and desire, health, wealth, and prosperity. And answers to prayer. But you know what? The Bible is abundantly clear that God does not answer the prayers of lust such as these. And he makes it abundantly clear that there are some conditions and if we don't have these areas right in our life, we very possibly could be hindering the hand of God from answering our prayer. If your heart isn't right with God, Christian, you're not going to be heard. If you have something wrong between you and another brother, your prayers are hindered. If you're not abiding in Christ, if you're not in a right relationship with him as a believer where you're yielded to him and submitted to him and surrendered to him, you're going to be hindering the answer of God. If something's wrong between you and your spouse, don't you put that off till later because that's blocking the heaven from your answered prayers. If something is wrong in your life, and that you are not living by God's word or in a way that you know is pleasing to him, you better get that straight, Christian, because you're building a wall between you and heaven. And your prayers will be unanswered. Your prayers will be hindered. If something is wrong with our faith, Jesus said, when I come again, shall I find faith? If something is wrong with your faith, your prayers are not going to be answered because God does not bless doubt and unbelief. He blesses the faith of his people. And lastly, if there's something wrong with your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never truly entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, then the reality is you have no reason for him to hear and answer your prayers. You're still the enemy of God, fighting against God, and you need to just get saved so you have access to God. Remember, folks, this is not my opinion. This is what God says in his word. And I truly believe that we need to be examining ourselves because if there's something in one of these areas that's wrong in our life, we could literally be hindering the start of revival in our midst because we built that wall. We've allowed that thing to, to, to grow up in our life and said, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to get it right. And I'm not going to get it straight. And God says, okay, fine, Christian. But there's so much more that I'd like to do in your life, in your church, in your family. But I can't because my hand's right here. And it's as though you're restraining it from coming down and working because you've hindered me answering your prayers. You know, I don't know about you, but that's a scary thought. I don't want to stop the hand of God from working in my life. I wouldn't want to do anything that would stop God from hearing or answering my prayers. And yet I think many of God's people have allowed for that to happen. And you know, the reality is, Christian, it would be wise for you to go home tonight and say, search me and try me, God. Know my heart, know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me. Just like David did, say, oh God, what the preacher preached tonight. God, is there anything in my life that could be hindering revival coming to our church? That could be hindering God working in my life and working in my family? Is there anywhere, God, I've built up a wall that I'm 
him working in my life. Because if there is, you need to tear it down. Confess it and forsake it and get it right with God that he might be able to move in and do something again. Oh, may God help us not to hinder the hand of God from working in our lives. May God help us. Brother Bill, if you would, you close us now in a word of prayer, please. Bill, thank you.